You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Indians. It is me, your host, Jeff Ellis of Scout and 24-7 back in the day. Uh, I was thinking about next week. Starting uh, maybe Wednesdays are always weird because of the video. Let's just be honest and upfront about that. Throws things off because uh, I can't, you know, have the Wednesday podcast and not have the Indians pick come up. But you know, there's the spoiler. I'm thinking of doing a mock, um, kind of an extended one through the podcast. College baseball is right around the corner. I got my start as a national writer, writing about the draft. It is my primary non-Indians focus. Um, it's still something I love to dive into. It's a little weird now. I'm not going to lie. Um, I was trying to think when I started at Scout back in the day. I think it was like 2013, 2014. And there just was like 10 of us at most really doing it. And now there's some people doing some really great work out there. Some things that go beyond what I even really know. So uh, I still like to do it. I still like to focus on it and, and the like. So I, what are people's thoughts? Do you want a, a draft podcast? Would that bore others? You know, just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, I reached out on Twitter. Let's, let's do a mailbag and let's just dive into the questions I got. So at Jack McCurry 08, what would a Bieber extension look like? Uh, also, is there someone you have in mind to replace Francona when he retires? Uh, I don't know who I'd have in mind to replace Terry Francona. Uh, I would say Kevin Cash with Tampa. Uh, I know that people are, uh, you know, uh, Snell can't keep uh, shooting his mouth off about being taken out of that game, but you had an approach and it worked all season. You don't change your approach in a one-game situation. It reminds me of, you know, uh, Kurt Schilling has his ups and downs, but I think one of my favorite things ever with him was, like, tweeting, oh, I would never pull... Uh, you know, they'd have to kill me to get Matt Harvey out of this game. And then in the ninth inning being like, what idiot left Harvey in? You know, it's just like uh, stuff like that. It You stick with your approach. Um, I would not have let Matt Harvey in for the record in that situation because he'd already been through the lineup three times. Uh, and with Snell, it's this is a guy who was not a big innings guy all year or for his career and has had trouble with consistency and trouble staying healthy. Now, going to Anderson was not the right move. He had been pretty much dog poop in the playoffs. He had been fantastic in the season, but dog poop in the playoffs. And they should have uh, maybe taken a different approach. But, I, uh, you know, Kevin Cash, I still think is good. I don't know. You know, there's been some people who have come up through the minors that I've had a chance to, to meet and know. I thought Dave Wallace would have been a great guy. Uh, I'm not sure what he is to now. Uh, you know, just there's there's not necessarily a candidate. Uh, I would hope they go with someone new school. Let's put it that way. Uh, a Bieber extension. I think it's an impossibility. Uh, let's be honest. He gets to hit arbitration at the end of the season, right? At the end of, yeah, because he enters it for the 2022 season. So he's just got to play the season out the minimum, and he's going to get, you know, a, a few million dollar pay bump this year and then quickly escalate. He's got four years left. Um and then especially the other reason that behooves him not to is that he would be at the age of his end of his age 29 year when he hits free agency. So for a player like him, you know, it's technically his age 30 season that he would have free agency for hitting it there is a lot more valuable than hitting it at age 31 or 32. 
hypothetically, I mean, if you're the Indians, you're probably looking at a six-year deal with escalating uh, clauses in it. If I had to place a guess, I mean, to, to even get him to want to consider something and something the Indians would even consider themselves, I mean, I think you'd probably have to do something like six years an $18 million average per season. So if I'm doing the math, that's what, $104 million? Six, you know, basically a six-year $100 million contract is what it would have to look like uh, with some massive escalators in there. And I don't know if that can happen or not. But I, you know, the problem with any of these guys is you either Jose Ramirez hadn't broken out yet when he signed his, or you need to get them when they're like two years out. Like they needed to do the Bieber extension last offseason. Honestly, that was the time to do it. I talked about that on this very podcast. Didn't happen. Uh, at Seat uh, BB, shouldn't the Indians just play all their quad guys to see what they got? With Bowers, Johnson, Mercado, maybe Bradley, it'd be painful, but at least they know what we have and then invest in 2022 when the fans are back. I'm all for trying, you know, some of these quad guys at least. Uh, you know, I've talked about online, you know, I was talking about the Santander situation. And the nice thing is, like, if you are the Cleveland Indians, and let's say you do make that trade for Santander, because you should, uh, if you had Santander, then you could have, like, Mercado in center and a DJ um, Luplo platoon until June or July, whenever it is, when you get to call up Nolan Jones uh, to take over one of the spots. And whichever one of those outfielders doesn't hit in that time, well, that's the guy you send down to AAA, and he essentially becomes the, you know, the next Ben Francisco, I don't know why he always comes to mind as the guy who was kind of up and down and was just always a backup type. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I know I'm completely forgetting about Zimmer with this, but he hasn't done anything to prove that he should be more than an afterthought. Uh, I think Chang gets a shot to start this year. Bradley, I mean, the thing I've, with Bradley, Bradley has always been, uh, he's got one skill. And yes, that is hitting for power, but if you don't at least walk or something to make that work or you know, have a really high bat pips. I mean, for as much as I was not a Jesus Aguilar guy and he has performed beyond anything I would have uh, projected, like, at least he walked a little and he made good contact and had some power. Like, he did every—somehow he's managed to do a little bit of everything and still do that in the big leagues, and I don't know how that was because he had one of the slowest bats I had seen. But, you know, for some guys that works. And with with Bradley, it's the opposite. It's like it's one trait. It's not like— minimal at everything it's one good area and everything's weak nathan kingsley uh mentioned that i had a thought on the worst second round draft pick in Indians history uh he wanted to know who and why without saying him so i'll be honest i think the worst second round pick in indians history is uh dylan howard so dylan howard the reason i it, you know and this might seem kind of mean like, I loved that pick. He was a first-round value that they got in the second round of the 2011 draft. Now, you're thinking back to the 2011 draft. Yeah, that's the Lindor draft. That was the last draft where a team could spend like crazy before the pool system as well. And you go back to the Indians in that 2011 draft in general, um, you know, they didn't draft him, but I believe that was also when uh, Clevenger went to... Uh, the Angels, there was a lot of value. Look at that second round. Josh Bell got $5 million at the start of that round. Second pick in the second round, Brad Miller got uh, $750,000. The Indians gave uh, Dylan Howard one point eight. Dan Vogelbach went the next pick to the Cubs. He got one point six. Daniel Norris got $2 million. Uh, Charlie Tilson got uh, $1.2 million. Austin Hedges, 
Current Indian got three million. Uh, Andrew uh, Susak got one point one. Uh, who has the most WAR in that entire class? Nick Ahmed, shortstop, went to the Braves. You know he's been a great uh, defensive shortstop for the Diamondbacks, obviously. But at twelve point he's he's pretty solidly the the highest value guy. Then Brad Miller, then James McCann, Danny Norris, Josh Bell, Adam Hauser, six, seven, Cam Gallagher, eight. Roman Quinn, 9, Austin Hedges, 10, Daniel Vogelbach. Now, why uh, why is Dylan Howard the worst pick in team history? Well, again, I thought he was a fantastic pick at the time. I was very excited by the addition. Um, I, I think, I, I mean, I immediately put him amongst the top five prospects in the Indian system. You go and you look at the numbers is why. Uh, this is a player who never got out of like rookie ball there's only 2012 data on him uh he was out of the indian system within four years he essentially so 2011 he's looking good too he comes in he pitches well for the indians 2012 he comes in i think 15 maybe 20 pounds heavier by reports and and he just gets lit up in rookie ball the next year he comes back and gets suspended for i believe it was like add medication um and then the next year he retires. So you give 1.8 to someone, or you know a, that may not be the correct amount. I'd have to go again look at that draft. But you're giving something like 1.8 uh, to him, 1.85, uh, and you're having suspensions, you're having conditioning issues, and you have a second-round pick who never even gets out of rookie ball doesn't even get to low a or short season ball I and mean, there's not a lot of second round picks it's not a lot of like picks <laughs> you can say that about like most of them at least get to at least back in the day got to short season baseball um i mean i could sit there and i'd have to click on every single second round pick to find someone similar but i mean just in recent memory I, you know will hartley got hurt but he was a guy who maybe uh if i think he at least got to short season ball like that's the thing it's really hard to find a guy uh, and it's one of those things, uh, yeah, like I look here, Will Hartley, he got hurt, but he went to Burlington, that was the Appalachian League, that's technically rookie ball, but it's short season rookie ball, Dylan Howard never got out of Arizona, um, and that makes him, I think, stand on his own, like, I mean, I don't even remember uh, Mark Folsom, the second round pick the year after Hartley, but he uh, he got to A-ball, finding a guy who didn't even get to short season balls is nearly impossible, so yeah, I guess I'm spilling the beans, saying who it was and why. Uh, you know, that's that's just how I kind of viewed that. Uh, maybe if you weren't familiar, it's uh, an interesting story. I, again, I hate to bury anyone. Um, you know, and there were great stories when he was drafted about, like, all these fantastic things he's done, helping take care of a, a brother who I believe had autism and seemed like a good guy, but it just also maybe seemed like someone who didn't love the sport. And that could be why someone who was routinely at that time, like I think Keith Law had him like as a top 20 player in the draft, multiple places had him. Like at that point in time in that draft, the two top players on almost everybody's board were Daniel Norris and Dylan Howard. And Norris cost about 1.5 more, but I was happy with Howard. I thought he had a higher ceiling, if I'm being honest. Yeah, you know, sometimes we get him wrong. So uh, I, I didn't have a problem with that pick. And it's just unfortunate how that turned out. And now let's take a quick break and talk about some fantastic sponsors that keep this show on the air. 
sorry, weird internet issues before we get into these sponsors. Um, hopefully everything works out in this recording. Let's talk about Rock Auto. Rock Auto has been a sponsor, and they've come back because the great listeners out there went and tried them out and kept trying them out. And I think that's a testament to why this is a good, uh, useful company. It's why it's a place you should check out. Remember, when you go to rockauto.com, you're going to put in the little box, how'd you hear about us, locked on, locked on MLB, locked on Indians, just from some form of locked on. I think it is great to have a tool in your phone that you can go when you need to get a part for your car, when a mechanic is telling you about the cost of a part for your car, when you can pull out and you can shop and compare. Uh, To have that is a very empowering situation in a situation that is often the opposite of empowering. You often feel very... Uh, You just don't feel good when you're going to the mechanic. It is always a sense of dread. It is always a feeling like, oh, no, I'm going to spend a lot of money and I'm not going to know what's wrong with my car. Uh, RockAuto.com helps give some of that power back to you. It helps give you some insight and some knowledge that you would not have. So go to RockAuto.com. Again, make sure you rate that you heard about them through us. When you go in the the little box, I'd hear about us. Locked on. Locked on MLB. Locked on Indians. Use RockAuto to take the power back when you're dealing with parts with your car. Bet online. Uh, after my mistake earlier this week, uh, was not in the audio, but if you watch the visual podcast, uh, we haven't updated our ad read, so I'm just going to skip over the top of this here. The NFL regular season uh, is finished. Uh, the playoff picture is down to four teams, but you know, no matter what your sport, when I have gone to BetOnline.ag, um, I am not the world's savviest gambler. I know sports, but I don't know a lot about gambling. Uh, there are so many sports. You name a sport, you'll find a line. Uh, they even talked about a point in time, you know, if we contacted them about, Hey, could this be something that they would put on there? It's that's, what's kind of fun with bet online. It is a site that we have this partnership with, we have this connection with, and they are doing fun things over there. And when you sign up for a free account, you get a 50% welcome bonus. So 50% bonus on your first deposit. That's huge. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first Deposit Bet Online, your online sports book. Visit our good friends and exclusive partners at BetOnline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code locked on for your 50% sign up bonus. Hashtag BetOnline. And our little segment tease uh, Locked on MLB Prospects. If you liked my talk with Aram, Aram, man, I butchered his name still. If you liked my talk with Aram, with the Lindor trade, and we did the video one, uh, was that like last week? Was that trade really only like no, two weeks? Whatever it happened, if you liked Aram, go check out Lockdown MLB Prospects. Same guy, uh, good guy. He and I talked for about an hour and a half after recording that prospect, saying if you saw my tweet today about people just telling me about their love of Logan Allen, he was one of them. So go check out MLB Prospects. Uh, you know, I can be finicky about who I like uh, when it comes to other people talking about prospects. So if I'm giving him a seal of approval, you know that means something. Uh, okay, so scrolling back down is my... Also, uh, just for fun, could you re- retroactively someday take a look at the 90s pitching market and wondering what if... Uh, you know, okay, yeah, I'll just... I'm going to favorite your treat. Uh, tweet, treat, Wow. And I forgot to mention that the uh, the whole thing about the the worst pick uh, that came from Nathan Kingsley at NT Kingsley. Oh, and he's got a few other ones in here. So um, he also had, but due to the headache or trade, uh, the actions caused negative values. Uh, I would love to know why, but also if you could maybe just for the first 
in your reasoning, such as, you know, uh, like what were bad picks, I guess, you know, more on that idea. But I think I spent enough time on Dylan Howard. I don't want to run him down anymore. I've already been a jerk there. Um, so Pat uh, responded, and I'm pretty sure this is Pat whose writing I have enjoyed too. Yes. So go check, actually go follow at Captain V-I-D-E-0. He had a, uh, a really good article on uh, the Lindor trade that I agreed with uh, completely in lockstep with all of my thoughts. So go go follow Pat. Uh, he changed his profile pic. That's what threw me off for a second. Uh, is it absurd to be optimistic about Emmanuel Class A? Uh, no. I don't think it's absurd at all. I think he could end up being the best reliever in that bullpen. So if you're being absurd, I must be just nuts. Yeah, he needs some some work on things like a slider, but I mean that fastball. He's always been a two pitch guy. Uh, some obscene spin, some obscene velocity. I think he's got better stuff than Karen Chalk. Uh, so no, I don't think there's anything absurd absurd about uh, being excited for him. He's he's just gonna be. He should be a monster in the back of that bullpen for the Indians. I think he's a more natural closer too. Um, that's just my complete view on that. I think, you know, Karen Chalk works better not in that role um, during the time I've seen him in the minors. So we'll see. Uh, at Matt Thinker to address the recent top 100 prospect list by BA and BP with the names of those just missing the list. How do we agree or disagree? Um, problem with looking at these tweets as I'm recording is I haven't looked at those lists. I got to be perfectly honest. I have no idea who made it, who didn't make it, where they rank people. I just, you know, there's a point in time where um, I would still look at those lists, even though I was someone who wrote them myself, just because I was interested. And this is not a knock on those places. Like, I think the, I don't know really anyone at BP anymore, I don't think. Um, there used to be some really great people there. I don't know who's there. Um, and again, that's not me doing a knock. This is just, I don't check. And BA, like a lot of the Baseball America guys have been great to me over the years, but I just more and more, honestly, and this is might sound arrogant. I just, I don't care what others think. Like I go back to my biggest mistakes when it comes to things like rankings and scouting and reports, and it's caring what others thought, uh, you know, Andrew Benintendi, we've had the talks online this week. And, you know, yes, I have been, I'm not, you know, there, there's been some ups and downs. And uh, it is, we ta- I talked about how much we miss on prospects. Uh, you know, when Ahmad Rosario was a former top overall, pro- top 10 overall prospect in baseball, and Benintendi was the top prospect in baseball. And, you know, neither of those guys really are more than average so far uh, for the majority of their time in the big leagues. But even saying that, it's like, I wanted to make Benintendi a top 10 pick. And frankly, if you end up being a league average player, that's worthy of being a top 10 pick. And I didn't do it because no one else had him there. And I was so slow to bring him up boards. And that's one of those things that stands out. And Paven Smith, I did not trust him. And I didn't put him in my top 10. And I wanted to drop him even further, but I didn't do it because, again, everyone else had him as a top five player. And I'm like, can I really do that? And that's the stuff that kind of happens. Um, so eventually over time, I've just kind of, I don't look at lists. They don't hold the interest to me they once that did. I mean, it used to be huge. Like I used to get excited to look at these lists. Like it used to be something that I couldn't wait for. And now I just kind of, often I look at a, a list from someone else and I'm like, uh, I don't, 
I don't see that or I don't know where you're getting your information. And that's not just these places. That's anywhere. So I just, I don't look. I don't have the knowledge and I don't have the inclination. And again, that's not a knock on anyone else. I mean, I'll still look at some draft lists um, because to me, those are just interesting for comparison. And I guess because the draft is my number one thing, really, what in terms of what I scout and write about. But the Indian system, it's like I've just spent so much time in that system over the past few years that when I see a list, I'm like, I know you don't know the system better than me. That's just that's just it for me. Like I don't, I don't care too much what others say because I know the majority of people out there writing um, haven't been in that system like I have. It's you know when I talked badly about the Brewers and the Brewers writer called me out midseason, rightfully so because I I was an idiot. You know I didn't know the team as well as I should. I didn't know. Uh, the pitching as well as I should, and and their pitching staff was a lot better than I gave them credit for. And that's what happens with any of this stuff. Like, honestly, I feel like sometimes the fans know their team better than anyone, and, you know, they're the ones who are in it every day. (laughs) At Coach Bab, Joe Bab, kind of asked the same thing uh, about the 2021 prospect lists. Um, Insert your opinions of prospects being mentioned. I guess, you know, at some point I'll, I'll sit down, go through my my data data and compile my top 10. I realize I haven't done that yet and just kind of put that out there. But I I don't know. I'd have to look at the list. The, the thing with the list, here, here's my general thought. Uh, they put someone who was a high draft pick too high. They put some guys up there just because they got seven-figure signing bonuses either out of the international pool or as draft picks, and they, they overinflated them. Uh, they put newer prospects from trades three to four spots too high because they're they're hotter names and they've heard more talk about them recently and then that gets conflated with like being a better prospect because it's the hot name uh they have nolan jones one uh which is which is understandable and then likely uh like ty freeman george valera two three spot uh but that's you know that's the way i haven't looked at these lists but i'm telling you that that's probably i probably just did a comparison for you with them just knowing and looking at them um and he wanted to know, he said, uh, I've covered the Lindor trade, but any more opinions on it would be cool. You know, so much of this comes down to um, Ahmad Rosario. And yeah, he's already arbitration eligible. So you're getting a guy here who's the number two piece in this deal that, uh, you know, you don't, I, he's been in the bigs longer than Shane Bieber. Like, you're getting a guy, and a lot of his value. I mean, 2019, he had, like, he looked like he was on his way to being a 2020 guy. Now, he's been a terrible defender at shortstop in the big leagues. Um, I really, really hope they try him in center field because the Indians still don't have someone that I look at, and I'm like, yeah, he's a center fielder. And their prospect pool doesn't have that either. I mean, their, their top outfield prospects... George Valera uh, was in low A in 2019, and yeah, he has played center field in the minors, but he's not a good athlete. Um, he makes some nice angles and stuff like that, but long-term, you want him in left field. He doesn't have a strong enough arm for right. Um, center field is not where he's going to stick. Uh, after him, you're looking Isaiah Green and P.D. Halpin, who were high school kids that drafted this year. I mean, those guys are four years away from the big leagues. So, um, I mean, this is a team, Mercado, listen, if you're a big fan of this podcast, you know, I had major concerns heading into last season with him because he had been so up and down in 2019. He's an extremely streaky hitter. 
Uh, one month he could be on fire and the next month he couldn't hit his weight. And then this entire year he couldn't hit his weight. So we'll see what he does. I'm still not completely sold on him. And I don't think anyone could be based on what we saw last season. Uh, you got Zimmer, but A, can either of the Zimmer boys stay healthy? I don't know what's going on in the genetics. His older brother Kyle was a top 10 pick and is, uh, you know, finally made to the majors, but really struggled to stay healthy, uh, too and outside of them it's you know maybe Daniel Johnson is your hope um the nice thing if you put him in center is I mean he is he might have the best arm in the minors of anyone so you you'd have one of the best arms in center field in the league and he can run like he can handle it there's he brings a lot more than some other players would because of that arm strength and a lot of times your center fielder is not a strong-armed guy so you put him there he's gonna be able to probably surprise some people uh, but if it's not one of those like mentioned names, uh, then there's like no one for a while. So Rosario has the speed to do it. He has the arm to do it. He played some left field last year. Um, getting him taunt and ready to go in center field, like I think you could work with him to get better there and, and do it. And I mean, it, probably he's going to be best served in a super utility role. It's very clear they're setting up to keep Jimenez in the minors. Um I don't even know if you want Rosario, honestly, starting this year at shortstop. He's just not good there. Like, he's not. Uh, so if they're setting up everything so they can mess with service time and keep Jimenez in the minors to start the year, uh, you know, maybe you have Chang at, at shortstop, and we still haven't seen what they're going to— they claim they're going to reinvest money. We'll see uh, who's out there and what's going to happen with that. Um, speaking of reinvesting money, old friend alert, Michael Brantley resigned with Houston uh, finally. So the the— free agent pool is shrinking um you know Toronto supposedly is going to sign him that free agent outfield pool is going to shrink very quickly as you know the Mets and the Blue Jays still would like to add someone uh so I don't know if the Indians are going to find help for the outfield uh you know more and more I would not be surprised if a Cesar Hernandez reunion occurs but uh I mean that seems to be it for questions on here and we're at 20 20- you know, of course I'm going long, almost 30 minutes. So tell me what you think. Um, I, I could do some more deep dives and see if there are any other second round picks who failed to make it to the big leagues. I'm actually going to pause the show. And and first I'm going to say not the big leagues, but failed to get uh, to at least rookie ball, short season ball. And yeah, that's confirmed. I went through all the picks uh, when I paused this. And since the draft started in 62, right? I probably shouldn't have closed this out. But, uh, you know, something around there. Uh, Every single second round pick of the Indians, around 50 players, have at least made it to Burlington, which was the rookie Appalachian League. You might be saying, what's the difference between that and Arizona? That was uh, the short season baseball. That was like going to the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. That is a short season uh, rookie league as well. There were some 22-year-olds, 21-year-olds. It wasn't Arizona for three straight years, which is training complex leagues. It's a step below. So, yeah, there was no other player in the history of uh, the second round who didn't at least get to short season baseball. So that makes that officially the worst uh, second round pick, and I don't really think you can debate it uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Really high bonus, paid like a first rounder, didn't go anywhere. And again, I feel bad piling on uh, him. And you know what? I I hope he saved his money and and did well with it because, let's be honest, I'm a teacher and I'm... Uh, I can teach for 40 years, and my composite earnings uh, pre-tax will not come to 1.8 million. Uh, that, that's just that's just the truth of it. 
That is the way it works. So uh, he has last laugh over me for sure. But uh, this has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. Tell me what you think. Do you want me to do a full mock draft? How deep should I go? How much do you want with that? Is that a fun idea? Tell me what you think about the mailbag. Any additional questions? Hit me up on Twitter, and I can answer them throughout the week as well. It's the off season. I am looking for things to do. Yes, I have not done as much uh, look-in on dates, and we do have some more rounds to talk about. But uh, and I will go. I you know, <laughs> I'll go all fifty. We'll go to the old draft stuff. I'll go all fifty rounds and talk about the greatest pick in team history because I wrote that article. Now it doesn't exist anymore because Indians Baseball Insider, the old version, is gone. Uh, a lot of my writing is just. I guess I should go look at the Internet Archive and see if it still exists in there. But those articles are gone. Uh, They were behind paywalls, which I think made it so they don't even get archived sometimes. So that's unfortunate. That's sad for me. But, yeah, I went all 50 rounds. I think John Gall was the greatest 50th round pick in Indians uh, franchise history, if my memory serves. That's that's the type of junk that sticks in there. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. I remember to rate and review, download daily. That is hugely important for our show. I apologize. There was an issue with things uploading on Megaphone, and uh, audio did not upload correctly. Uh, and I wasn't alerted to that, and that is why the show for Wednesday was delayed till Thursday. Uh, but you are all the best out there. Uh, remember, currently the Tigers are the 10th highest listened to show on the Lockdown Network for MLB Baseball. Indians fans, let's get us up past the Tigers. Come on, help me out. Let's get the uh, the numbers going. Uh, downloading daily. If everybody who listened did that, that would really, that would be huge. I mean, that's just honest. That that would probably push us past the Tigers there alone. Uh, if you have, you know, friends or family, you can hip to the show. You think you would enjoy it. I seem to do better with the older audience, if I'm being perfectly honest, uh, since there are no swears in here and uh, I do more of a long form talk and I do do that historical touch. It seems to me that a large percentage of the audience um, are people who enjoyed my writing and or are over the age of 60. So keep that in mind. Maybe you got a grandparent, an uncle, a parent who uh, who would enjoy the show. But I have been Jeff Ellis. Thank you all. You are a fantastic audience. I appreciate all of your support throughout the year. Uh, and as always, at least for now, go Tribe. <laughs>